News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 157.5 of the Luke Messias Show. This is the day after the election. I'm sure all of y'all were up a little late last night as I was watching the returns coming in. And so the question is, what do we think? What is the conclusion? Election day, even though we have runoffs and then we have the general, we have the upcoming uh, school board and city council and all these other things. Uh, election day of the Republican primary is a little bit like a chapter change. Okay. So whatever point you are, you flip the page and now you're in a new chapter of Texas politics. And so there does become this kind of dust settling effect. Everyone wakes up the next day kind of going, oh, everything that a lot of different people were putting work and effort into is now done, right? Anything you're putting effort into is now for the next venture or maybe continuing in the case of a runoff a continued battle. But the first round of the battle is done. Even a runoff, the first primary is kind of like you slugged it out and everyone goes back to their tents and licks their wounds and, and then goes back into the battlefield for the runoff. So today will feel a little bit just calmer. And people start to think about what last night meant. So let's talk about that. First and foremost, in general... It was a very pro-incumbent Republican night in Texas. So if you were watching, um, you have, for the most part, a lot of the incumbent Republicans who were running for re-election um, were re-elected. There are a handful of upcoming runoffs. Uh, the incumbent statewide who will be in a runoff is Ken Paxton against George P. Bush. Um, and then you will have some incumbent Republicans, more liberal Republican members go into runoffs against conservative challengers, Glenn Rogers, Kyle Casal, Stephanie Click. So um, that is the but, – but the large takeaway from last night would have been a rather pro-incumbent Republican uh, election cycle. So – what do we take away from that? Now, if you are a Luke Messiah show listener, you are probably to some extent like, well, that doesn't sound very good. That's not what I would like to see. Republican ballot initiatives also were on the ballot. Uh, incredible results. It is very clear that Republican voters want to get rid of the property tax system, want to stop the illegal invasion at our southern border, want to stop gender transitionary therapy of minors. It's also, um, it was incredibly monumental. Something happened yesterday that I don't know has ever happened in the history of the United States. And this is going to start the conversation that I'm going to have with you today about where we are at in Texas. But it came out that CPS is investigating two parents as abusers who were sexually transitioning their teenage daughter. And, uh, this is probably the first time this has happened in history. Like, and when I say history, I mean maybe in the United States. We don't know of any government agency who has confronted two parents and said, you are being considered abusers. 
because you are transitioning your child, which, by the way, they are abusers, just in case you're wondering. And they should be investigated. And they should lose the right to parent their child if they do not reverse their actions immediately. So what does that have to do with the election results? So anyone who is supporting uh, Don Huffines, I don't think it's any, like, I don't endorse candidates on this program, okay, but the election is done, and everyone who followed me would probably have known that I voted for Mr. Huffines and that other people around me voted for Mr. Huffines. And so they would take away um, from that that uh, that in in somehow – him not being the gubernatorial Republican nominee means that conservatives have lost in Texas. But I think that it is so often missed the monumental shift that has gone on in Texas politics over the last 12 months, probably a further shift to the right than I've seen in recent history. Before we get into the governor's race, because I think that's probably what a lot of people are looking at and then trying to determine what they think about as a result of it. First, let's clarify a couple things. Um, the Texas Senate is going to be the most conservative Senate in recent history. Uh, it has moved considerably to the right. Kevin Sparks replacing um, Kel Seliger. You have... Uh, other state Senate seats with Mays Middleton replacing Larry Taylor. Larry Taylor would have – super nice guy, um, but probably one of the three or four more liberal members of the Texas Senate now being replaced with Mays Middleton there. Um, Phil King replacing Beverly Powell, which he will def most definitely do. Um, even Tam Parker replacing Jane Nelson honestly is a shift to the right. Uh, Jane Nelson was less conservative than Tam Parker, and Tam Parker will be more conservative than her. And so – you have the Texas Senate moving significantly more to the right within the actual makeup of the caucus and the advancement of conservative policies and ideas. You have the Texas House, which is definitely going to be moving to the right when it comes to the makeup of the Republican caucus. Okay, And we can get into that. And if anything, we might wait till the runoffs to really break down what the Texas House is going to look like. But the reality is that if you look at the races and you look at all the races and all of the incumbents that retired and the people that are looking to replace them and the runoffs and the open seats, it is impossible not to conclude that the Texas House and the Republican caucus within the Texas House is going to be more conservative than it was last session. So these are actual tangible victories that you can point to and realize that the state is moving. Now let's talk about, and this will get into the governor's race, where we're at in terms of policy. The reality is that six years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, if you were pushing for constitutional carry in the state of Texas, you'd be laughed at and the establishment would tell you you're crazy. We passed it last session. After Don Huffines got into the race, I remember talking to somebody who worked in the gun lobby, and they said, we've been working on trying to get a meeting with Governor Abbott since he got elected to talk about supporting constitutional carry, which he never did support. He had even come out in favor of red flag laws. And they said within a couple weeks of Don Huffines announcing his race, we were being asked to come meet with the governor. Three or four years ago, uh, Dan Patrick said, I want Texas to build a wall because the federal government's failing to do so. And Greg Abbott publicly said, no, we should not. Representative Brian Slayton, who's been on this program before, wrote a bill and said, Texas needs to build a wall last session. Governor Abbott did not support that. Don Huffines got in the race. Three months later, 
Uh, he started buying these billboards saying, build the wall, build the wall, finish the wall. Greg Abbott comes out. We're going to start building the wall on the southern border. Wow. Tangible. In October of 2019, in episode 40 of the Luke Messiah show, we brought to you a story of CPS sitting down with a family. I want you to understand the monumental shift on this issue. In October of 2019, we brought to you a story, and you can go back and listen to episode 40. And in this, we had parents whose teenage child, who was also autistic, was having gender dysphoria issues. And they were encouraging this child that they were their biological sex. And CPS was called on these parents. And CPS came to meet with them and told them, hey, here are materials of where you can go to transition your child. And this is in episode 40 of the Luke Messiah show. Go look at it. Go online. Go read it. You could see the documentation that was given to these parents. It was crazy. And yesterday, we find out that parents are actually being now investigated. Investigated for doing the same thing that CPS was encouraging them to do. Incredible. There was a phone call uh, with Dave Carney, who runs Greg Abbott's uh, political operation. And he had this phone call with all of these reporters. And uh, they they asked him about these about CPS investigating these kids. And his uh, reply was, it actually says, claims the state's move to investigate parents of transgender kids is, quote, nothing new, end quote. But acknowledges he doesn't have details after the Gov's new directive was issued. I have no idea how state government works. Now, that is true. Uh, Mr. Carney doesn't know how state government works, or he does, and he's not being completely honest. But the reality is, I don't care. I don't care that Governor Abbott's team is going to try to gaslight the Texas uh, citizenry and say, hey, we always were doing this kind of stuff. Because the truth is, they weren't. And in fact, it was your same administration that not only was doing that in 2019, but you even were celebrating transgender children and their friends and their peers and their parents last six months until Don Huffines caught you. And then you freaked out and then you deleted it. And as, and six months turnaround, that state agency is targeting people. Do you know the parents who are transitioning their daughter, by the way? Do you know where they work? The Department of Family Protective Services. They work at CPS. Child abusers. What is the takeaway what do we take from this? Texas is moving further to the right than ever before, and it's because of people like you. It's because of the listeners to this program. I meet you all the time, and you're engaged, and you're patriotic, and you care, and you're fighting. Now, you might say, well, wait, why do I need to fight if we had if some of the bad people are actually producing these good results. Because, Luke, you talk about the fact that CPS is now doing this. You talk about the fact that the wall is now getting built. You talk about the fact that constitutional carry is now law of the land. Now, there's twofold. One is that there's so much more to do, and I don't really need to tell you that because you know you've been on this, you've been listening to this program. I've gone through the list, and we'll continue to talk about all the things there is left to do. 
But you have to understand that your willingness to engage in this arena and fight is what is moving the party in the direction it's going. Here's the difference. See, all of these politicians, most of them will get reelected and then they're like, I won. That's all they think about. They think in terms of power and position, okay? And so if you're a politician in Texas and you know you're not that conservative, but and you had somebody run against you that is more conservative than you and then you win re-election, you're like, yeah, I win. And you'll see Associated Republicans of Texas and the Texas Republican Initiative and all these other kind of more liberal, moderate groups toot their horn today and say, yeah, we won. Now, what they're referring to is the fact that politicians that they consider to be their friends are still in the positions they hold for the most part. That is their definition of winning. Here's the difference. Where they think of power, me, other people like me, we think of policy. When they think of political positions, we think of political wins. When they think in terms of like winning an electoral battle, we think in terms of where the battle is fought, what terms the battle is fought on. We just view things very differently and therefore we view success and winning very differently. I feel like when you're running in the Republican primary, you have these battles. The position of state representative, the position of governor, the position of attorney general, all of these different positions, you're basically fighting to decide what vehicle drives the Republican Party. Okay? So that's kind of the deal. Like, if Greg Abbott's the Republican nominee, that's the vehicle that's driving, that the Republican Party is driving in. Okay? And if uh, a certain makeup in the Texas House happens. Certain politicians are still there. Those are the cars that are driving with the Republican Party within their respective districts. Okay. Conservatives at this point are the ones who are deciding where those cars go. So one group of people that have a lot more money and built-in name ID of incumbency can say, well, if I work really hard, I can make sure that it's my car that stays on the track. And that's okay. But we get to decide and have decided for quite some time where that car drives. So you have to decide which one matters more to you. If you're in Texas politics, which one do you want? See, I get the feeling that a lot of these establishment Republicans are sitting there going like, hey, what conservatives, what the conservative fighters in the Republican Party, what they want is they want to make sure that when all these Republican policies are passing, it's their friends whose name is voting on them on the House floor. And I don't care. Most of my friends are not in Texas politics. You know what I do care about? whether those things are passing. And that's the reason why, at the end of this session, when all these politicians went out in their districts, they said, we're the most conservative ever. They all screamed it from the rooftops. Most conservative session ever. Well, kids are getting genital mutilation surgeries and CPS is 
actually celebrating transgender youth while mandating critical race theory training on tens of thousands of employees. Most conservative ever. So why don't people like me come out and say most conservative session ever, even though I will sit down and tell you like the heartbeat's a great bill, constitutional carry is a great bill. These things, the spending limits legislation we passed is better than the spending limits uh, policy we had before, fiscal, social. So why why aren't you screaming from the rooftops? couple reasons. One, there is so much more to do. We are giving taxpayer money to illegals, which Republicans can't stand. We are refusing to secure the Texas border, which is causing a mass problem in our state and nation, and allowing for the ushering in of mass human and sex trafficking that we are just allowing because we lack the courage to secure our own border. These are problems. So I'm going to keep talking about them because, guys, it's not about making sure that I feel good about myself. It's not about making sure that I feel good about the Republican Party. It's not about making sure I feel like you feel good, like we've gotten a bunch of stuff done and we can be winners. This is about getting done what needs to be done. If it wasn't, I would just go be a realtor in San Antonio. That's a much easier job. And it takes much less than doing everything else that we do in the state of Texas in the political arena. The other reason that we don't just cheerlead for everybody is because whenever you do, they just stop doing the conservative policy. See, these politicians take the path of least resistance. Okay? And it's when there's conservative resistance that they're like, crud, we've got to pass more conservative stuff. That's what happens. So they got resistance from the left in 2018. So in 2019, all of them got into the middle and they passed this purple session and they all tried to justify it in their head. But because everybody complained about it throughout all of 2019 and 2020, they came back in 2021 and were like, crud, we got to pass some of this stuff. And they did pass more of it. It is the resistance that leads to the results. So if you're a Texan saying, what else do I do now? You have to keep playing the role you play. Here's the other reason why they have to respond to you and me and other conservatives across Texas is because the second they stop, they lose their power and position. And that's what they covet far more than you or I covet. That's what they care about far more than you or I care about. We are not sitting around in our home saying, golly, I just wish enough of the people that I was personal friends with were in these particular positions in the Texas legislature or in the governor's mansion. Would I like Don Huffines to be in the governor's mansion? Yeah. But the reality is that what they covet and prize is that power and position. And they will lose it if they don't let us keep steering the car. And that's why My takeaway from election night is very hopeful. We're moving this state in a massively conservative direction. And groups like the Texas Republican Initiative and Associated Republicans of Texas, they're just along for the ride. And I like like where we're headed. I like where we're going. And I know that if you and I We'll continue to fight every day. We're going to keep steering the car. Sounds like a pretty good result.
This has been a hectic, chaotic, and epic chapter in Texas politics. And the next chapter is going to be pretty awesome, too. I hope you stay tuned. I hope you continue to listen to The Luke Macias Show. I hope you continue to share this with your friends. I hope you continue to stay engaged in the battle and in the arena. And I hope you understand that Texas is on a great trajectory, and we are not going to stop fighting to make sure that it stays there because most of our politicians don't want it to go there. We kind of have to force it, unfortunately, more often than not. God bless you, and God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Texas.